Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines, there's classic consoles and computers, there is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. It's not even seven pence. It's not even eight pence either. And don't get me started on those nine pences. Yes, it's the ten pence arcade podcast. The best podcast? Question mark. You decide. And we are on episode sixty-three, featuring Pac-Mania and lots of other, other guff about arcade games. Welcome to our world. Yes, welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. I am Sean, in your face, Holly. And who is this 270 miles away on my left? Victor Marland, a.k.a. Vertvik. Vertvik. Hello. Hello. <laughs> You're right. I'm not bad. Let's kick off with some important news. Go on. Have you seen the new custard cream hobnobs? Yeah. Ooh, now we can live in happiness together. Our lives are complete. Have you tasted them? Not yet. I haven't. They might be crap. Might be. You're going to reserve judgment? Yes, I am reserving judgment. Judgment has been reserved. reserved. So, you didn't choose the custard life. The custard life chose you. Yes, I wrote that, didn't I? You did. <laughs> well, I've been listening to some of our friends, the Broken Token podcast. Yep. The last one was fascinating. They did a segment on US arcade auctions. Because we don't get auctions in the UK. I'm not sure about our, our um, European friends. Or Australian friends, but we don't get arcade auctions here. There's not m- enough arcade machines to go around nowadays. We never get an auction. But in the US, they're rife with them. And did you know that Whitney is a qualified auctioneer? Um, no. Wow, how cool is that? I wonder if Brent's a qualified tree surgeon. Why? Why do you wonder that? I don't know. It's a skill, isn't it? Mm. I never thought uh, Whitney would have been a qualified auctioneer. You've got to be qualified, apparently. Him and his brother are, are auctioneers. Mm. Robo hierarchy picked up a load of cabs, didn't he, Mr. Robohara, on auctions when he first was collecting? Yes, he had a, he had a bunch of them. He's still doing his podcast about those. Mm. I've not got to that podcast yet, because they're so long. I'm on number 41 with a Steve Ritchie talk. Did you hear that one? Yes, I did, yeah. Very good, Broken Token. And the baseball player, is it baseball or basketball? I think it was a basketball player with all the EM games in all those buildings. Did you hear that? Yes. Um, I've met Whitney, mm. and he's a big lad. And next to this this basketball player, he's a tiny lad. It's ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. funny when you see a really big guy. And I'm, I'm six foot two myself, so I'm quite tall. This guy's towering above him. He looks a really nice guy as well. Mm-hmm. I've been tidying up my game room. Because yep. that is the biggest problem when you've got a game room. Especially when it's not quite big enough for what you'll need. And I just stuff is getting accumulated in there. And I've moved a few things around. I've tidied it all up. It's a lot better. I've got Kung Fu Master back in the Horizontal Pony. Ah, oh, yeah. Got... Toidles in the vertical pony. Toidles. And I've been trying to get my Galaxian 4-play. I've got a Galaxian with a 4-play a hack on it. It plays four very similar Galaxian games to it. I've been yeah. trying to get that working on the Tempe Jammer Cabaret, but it doesn't quite work. So I've given that to a friend of mine. He's going to sort it out for me and put on the Macro Multi game, which has got, I think, 19 games on it. 
And that one is going to be a permanent fixture in that cab, I think. There is one in a cocktail at Arcade Club, and it might be an older version, because I think it's got nine on it. Yes, might well, because Macro, Mike Coates, he's a clever chap. He mm. keeps adding games to it. He's just added a version of Space Invaders to it, running on Galaxian hardware. Wow. It's got Frogger on there. It's got all sorts of fun fun games on it. It's absolutely brilliant. Mm. So I've been wanting one for a long time, and I got a bit of a partial kit to it, which I Sarge got off of Macro, and I've given it to Phil, Phil Murray, to fit it together for me. And I gave him a Turtles board for fixing it. Mm. And it was the one that he fixed me that time. It kept being flaky. And when I got home, he sent a message saying, it's working fine. Mm, good. It must have been That's me. Good. It's just, I'm a jinx, I think. <laughs> Guess where I have been, apart from the normal arcade club visits as normal. Have you been to Glasgow? Yes. What have you been doing there, son? Me and Waff have gone for a lovely city break, and I've tied it in with a visit to play Glasgow, of course. Is that a new one in, in Glasgow now? Yeah. It was always play Manchester, Blackpool. Where was the other one? There was one in the south, wasn't there? There was one in Margate last year. Play Margate, that's right. Yeah, yeah. so this is the new one in Glasgow. Cool. Yeah, and all the Scottish guys had a great time with them, and all of them, to a man, were really pleased that this, like, such a large event was north of the border. They were, they were all really enjoying it. Excellent. And everyone I spoke to was going for two days and not one day. Oh, right, okay. How big was the event, then, compared to the, the usual places? Well, James RGP took up 45 cabs. Right. Blackpool is 80 cabs, but... Wow. It looked, to me, it looked as big as Blackpool. It was in an... It was in Brayhead Arena, which is it's kind of like a stadium. I think it's an ice rink, you know, with oh, the seats all around the outside. Okay. So you could walk up or walk up the stairs like and stand on the top row and look down over everything. It was awesome, actually. Wow. Sounds good, though. What like the sound of that. A bit too far for me, though. Yeah. Well, I, th- I thought, should I do it? And then I thought, it's only... It's three, three and a quarter hours for me on a clear road, and that's what I did it in. So I thought, why not? It's not bad. Mm. Not bad at all. Awesome. Yeah. So Waff, while I was there yesterday, well, we came home today, but while I was there yesterday, Waff looked around the lovely architecture of Glasgow, and she was well impressed. She loved it. Nice. Well, you said you said you had some really good weather up there as well. Scotland does look nice when, it, when the weather's nice, but usually it isn't. It's usually raining and horrible. But we have rain down the south. It's mm. been terrible today. It was nice. It, a few spots of rain yesterday. It was very warm. Oh, nice. Mm, didn't have my coat on. Wow. Mm. Yes, that was an awesome time. And I have done a video which, by the time this podding casting will be out, it will be on our YouTube channel. Excellent. So check that out, kids. I'll check it out as well. Mm, it's really, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was just it's definitely worth it. And it was a great buzz as well. Cool. So last Friday afternoon, I took a, an afternoon off work because I normally finish at three o'clock and I finish at half 12 because I can. And I did. And I nipped down to Fleet, well, sort of near Fleet. Uh, to see Phil Murray, uh, to pick up my Cosmic Monsters PCB, which he kindly checked out for me. Uh, it's just had a ground wire missing off the test loom, so it's absolutely fine. Mm. Uh, and I also gave it, as I said, the partially working Galaxian PCB to put the multi-game on. And I got home, and I went to try the Cosmic Monsters out on one of my arcade cabs. And none of my jammer machines, I've got three jammer machines, two ponies and the 10 pence arcade machine. And I put it on there, and it wasn't working. I was like, oh, for goodness sake, that's typical of me. I was what I actually went to Phil's place, chatted him for a while. He showed me the arcade PCB working. No yeah. sound or anything. It's got nothing, nothing um, wired up. It's just the, the video and the power, so you can see it working. No buttons or anything. And Because it was only a partial loom. And he showed me it working. It looks like perfect Space Invaders playing away. Got it home. 
big blocks of colour. That's all you've got on there. Black blocks of static colour, nothing working. Oh, my goodness sake. So I tried it on another machine, same thing. Tried it on the third machine, same thing. I was like, what is going on here? Mm. And this is like a 1978, 79 board. And some of the chips on there need minus 5 volt, negative 5 volts to work. And normally, slightly more modern PCBs don't need it, or the minus 5 volts is just for the sound section of the PCB. So you might get some slightly odd sounds, or you might have some sounds missing or whatever, or you might get a buzz. And I realised afterwards that all three of my RK machines, the minus 5 volts on the power supply unit aren't working properly. Right. I actually metered them, and I wasn't getting minus 5 out of them. I was getting like minus 0.6 of a volt, which is nothing, which is not enough. Mm. So I ordered which you'd get onto in the pickups later on, some new power supplies with minus 5 volts on. Plug one of those in, absolutely fine. Right. But the thing was, is I couldn't find out the rest of the loom because there's no schematics and no manual that tells you what all the different points on the jammer or the, the harness actually do. So I had no way of finding out which pins did what on the PCB. But I put my feelers out and I asked, a guy in America, who used to be in the UK, now in America, his opinion on it. He said, I think I've got one of those. And he found the PCB and the, the loom he made. And he sent me a picture of both sides of the loom so I could work out which pins went where. And I was able to wire it up properly, and it works a treat. Oh, excellent. The only thing I haven't got for it is a soundboard, because it was a separate soundboard on those old games. Yeah. But he was saying that the sound section is very similar to a normal Space Invaders and hopefully I might be able to rig something up one day to sort that out. It'd be nice to have the sound on there as well, because I've never heard it play. Mm, I wonder what it sounds like in MAME. It, sometimes it's not accurate, is it? No, they, they tend to use samples or maybe something that's very close, mm. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, happy with that, though. Mm, well done. While I was at Play Glasgow, by the way, mm. a very little non-arcade things catch my eye, to be honest, because you just become focused, don't you? Because there's too many games out there anyway. Yeah. And I was walking down the indie game section, there was about maybe 10, 15 indie game booths kind of thing, and there was one game yeah. called Super Arc Light. Never heard of it. Nor have I. And if I had to describe it in one word, no, hang on, <laughs> one sentence, Yeah. it would be Tempest, where you are firing from the inside of the tunnel outwards. Oh, okay, so you're at the bottom of the tunnel firing outwards rather than the top of the tunnel firing inwards. Yes, yeah, so you've got these graphics sort of almost like mathematically clean clinical graphics. Oh, I like those. Geometry. Yeah, and you're spinning endlessly spinning around the inside of this uh, the outside of this circle. Yeah. And you've got to stop the creatures from the outside getting past you down the tunnel. Oh, okay. So you're constantly moving. Yeah, and it's oh, a okay. one it's a one button game. It's on iOS and Android, and they're trying to get it Steam greenlit at the minute. You press okay. the key, you press the fire button, and it shoots, and your ship slows down. You take your finger off the fire button, and it changes direction. Oh, I see. That's so you, you can tap it to change direction. Keep your finger on the fire button to fire, and then you then it's it's black and white for a start. Then you get all these amazing, colourful power ups that just like spit colours all over the place. It looks like a Jeff Minter game. Oh, that sounds cool. So I was speaking to the guy Omar, I think he was, and uh, I think he co-developed it with this other guy. It's definitely worth checking out. It's one of those games that looks arcadey to me, and I thought, well, that would be good in a cab or something. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so check that out, kids. We'll put a link in the show notes. We Su- certainly will. Super Arc Light. Very, oh. very addictive, and it takes a bit of getting used to. All right. It's mm. interesting. Nice. So when I was at Phil's place, mm. picking up some things and dropping some other things off to him, 
I had to go and see Smarty Martin as well. I was in about 20 minutes away from Phil's place. And I had to pick up an outrun control panel and a manual for Simondon, Simon Dennison. Mm. I had a nice chat to Martin. I had a sneaky few games on a few of his cabs. I was playing Ordine. Yeah, the... That's a great little game. He's got it in his electrical and MIDI cab, a little cabaret cabinet, a real nice-looking cab. He's got a jammer switcher in there, so you just press a button on the front of the control on the coin door, and it swaps over to Wonder Boy. So he's got mm. two really nice, colourful games in there, really cool little games. I really liked Ordine, got right into that. Is it a bit like a um, Parodius type of thing? Is that the one I'm thinking sort of? Sort of, yeah. It, yeah. Sort of, it kind of reminds me of Fantasy Zone. Uh, it's yeah, a Namco yeah. game rather than a Sega one. Yeah, I really che- enjoyed that. Have to check that out. Yeah. Also, I have played through Gunbird Two. After we played Gunbird, I've played through Gunbird Two on my new King of Air Pandora box board thing. Yeah. And it's a lot hard harder, would you believe, with a lot more bullets. You've oh, got really? an, an extra attack on button three. It's like, like on a charge bar. Yes. So you'd have to hold it down, like on the first game. Mm, no. Yeah. I, but actually, yeah, you do. You can still do that, but there's another attack as well, which Ooh. which uses like a bar that you charge up. Okay. And it's the graphics are excellent. I think it's on what was it, Sikio System Two board or something. So they've upped the graphics a bit, but they all almost look ray traced. You know, like rendered, like Donkey Kong yeah. Country rendered. They're that good. Yeah, I do like the look of that game. I, I had a quick, I had like a level on there, but I liked. It. I didn't realize how difficult it was, but yeah, it sounds it looks a really good game. Super tough. Yeah, worth checking out. Oh, guess what else I did? I got Go the arcade on. of the day when I was tidy, and I thought, I'll oh, quick look at this. When my Donkey Kong Jr., the sound went on it, it just disappeared. Mm. I fixed it. Did you find it? No, I just waggled the wires around, mm. and it just came back on. So it must be a a cracked joint or something on the solder on one of the wires, maybe. You're smoking crack joints? Yeah, on the wires. All right. <laughs> so what I'll have to do is take it out and just reflow the, the joint, I think. That'd be it. Mm. Sorted. I was really pleased with that. I had a few games of it as well. I'm really rusty on Donkey Kong Jr. I want to sit down and play it for a bit longer. I've got to try and beat that score on that Alex put on there. It really annoys me. Oh, I was playing Donkey Kong. Ooh. The Ooh. V2K, is it called? The, yes. The eight-level hacked version. And yeah, rock God, hard. that's rock hard, isn't it? That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that that's actually in a cab at Arcade Club. You, know, you can switch it over and play it. Yeah, my old cab. It, oh, of course it is. Of course yeah. it is. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mm. Over this weekend as well, um, I was off Friday, and I'm now off for another week. Yay! <laughs> I'm going to do some stuff at home. I went to Weymouth, because there was a picnic going on with the family, wife's family, and I saw bits of my family and stuff. It was all right, actually. It was quite nice. The weather was okay. It was good. I went out Friday night, with doing some naughty drinking, and it was a lot of fun. Met some friends. It was real good fun. Had a bit of a sore head the next day. Ow. <laughs> so the the... the Actual picnic we had, I didn't really do much or say anything. I was just sort of quietly moaning to myself. (laughs) But also, I had a wander around Weymouth this morning before I came back. Saw both my sons and the grandkids as well. It was lovely. Mm. And I'll tell you about one of the things I saw in Weymouth later on. Oh, Which is quite arcade-related as well. Nice. Also, Mrs. Tenpence, and I think you knew about it, he's a sneaky sod, Yes, has updated the site. Mm, website, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's looking absolutely brilliant now. I really like the look of it. She did it as a surprise for me. She she bought a few bits of software for it, I think, to do with WordPress. Mm. This is like an early birthday present. My birthday's at the end of the month. And she's made it a lot nicer looking, I think. She blinded me with science. 
I really like the new design. Yeah, really nice upgrade, yeah. And you, sir, have redone the pink graphic all in red now. I like the look of that. Yeah, we're now Red Pence Arcade Podcast. Red Pence. Yay. Yeah, I think it looks a lot better, actually. It looks a lot nicer. The, the site is a lot, lot sleeker, I think. So have a mm. look at the site. Always good stuff on there. Yeah. So let's get some serious arcade news out of the way. Yes, first off, John Studley did his perfect Pac-Man talk at Play Blackpool a couple of months ago. Let's just give him one of these. Ting! Ting. And that video is now on, uh, not Facebook, YouTube. So you can check that out. Excellent. We'll put the the notes up on that. There's a a bold bloke in it, about 52 minutes, asking in... Asking daft questions. Daft questions to him, yeah. Awesome. Also, cool US arcade picks from 1979 to 1989. This is on a Flickr page. Mm. Oh, awesome. I love seeing those old pictures. Yeah, there's just like a hundred, well, a couple of hundred of really very nice nostalgia pictures. Mm. All the kids wearing stuff like tracksuits and uh, mm. and flares. tank tops and stuff and flares and that. Yeah. Did awesome. you have any flares? Oh, God, yeah. Did you have flares? Of course I did. I think I had a couple of pairs. Kept when I was a kid, we had to wear flares because basically that's all you were given. You sort of wore them or got a smack, basically. Yeah. And I was wanting drain pipes. All the kids wanted drain pipes, and I wore silly flares. <laughs> Wasn't that hip back then? Oh well. Or at all now? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Have you uh, seen the Google Arcade button wall? Yeah, I want one. I do as well, but it's got six thousand arcade buttons on it. Light you up when you press the buttons. Oh, it's very good. I it's very clever in it. It's really cool. It's, I think they've used some of their software to control these buttons. There's 6,000 approximate arcade buttons on them. When you press them, they change different colours, and you, they can change to any colour on there by yeah. using a combination of red, green, and blue. And they've got it doing all sorts of stuff with music, and it looks absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I'd settle for 60 buttons. Yeah. But 6,000 would be pretty cool. And if any of your cabs went down, you could just nick a button off of the Nick a button, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got loads of buttons anyway. Got some news here about Lonnie McDonald. It's, Who, it's who's Lonnie McDonald? Well, he's he went into the news a while back about going around America, yeah, trying to get the high score on every joust cab in America because he can he can get to the nine 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 zero on joust. Wow! And he's doing it. He's got it's sort of come back in the news again. So I presume he's he's back and he's trying to get go around America and, like, clock all the joust cabs. Wow. Do you know what I'm going to do as a laugh? I'm going to yeah. follow him around, resetting all the high scores. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Honestly, Lonnie, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but he's obviously that confident he can do it to all of them. Everyone he encounters, he will put the big nine, nearly ten million points on it. Yeah, and it's not... And a... then just give up and walk away and put his name on it. It's not a quick game either, is it, that? To get ten million on that. Oh, goodness knows. I can get about... 20,000, perhaps, if I'm lucky. We have some news on Joust later on. Excellent. Oh, the Charlie Fart interview on Orcade. I haven't heard this yet, but I shall tune in and listen to it. It's an email interview, so it's just uh, written. Okay. And and at the bottom he says, thanks for all our support, the 10 pence guy's support. Oh, cheers, Charlie. And he said... Oh, but we did ban him. Yeah. Oh. He said he couldn't have done it without our intense training regime. Well, we did bully him a bit. Mm. I just made that bit up, but wouldn't it be good if he did say that? Yeah, it would be good. Mm, yeah. There's a new expo kicking off in America. Yes. As if they haven't got enough. 
They're getting another one. Yeah. Oh, the lucky dogs. What's wrong with these people? Arcade Video and Game Room Expo, 25th to 27th of August. Should we go? Yeah, yeah, shall we? Why not? Yeah, and it's on. in Illinois, so it's right near Mr. Gallopin, Mr. Ghost. Oh, and and Underground Retrocade. Yeah. And and Logan Hardware. Oof! Oh, that, that is so good. If I was going to go to America for purely arcade, I think I'd go to Chicago nowadays. Mm, me too. There's so many arcades in that one area. Brilliant. Yeah. I'd love to go there again. Over 250 arcade games. What else have they oh, got? The 250, guests, wow. They're going to have Billy Mitchell, Joel West, Richie Knuckles, Walter Day, Doc Mac, Doc Mac, and Eugene Jarvis will be there. What a lineup! There's tournaments. There's a, oh, look at this. A bus trip to Galloping Ghost Arcade afterwards. <laughs> hey, that's good, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. That'll probably be an all-nighter, won't it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Excellent. You know what? We, Me and wife were talking the other day, and we're not going on a proper holiday this year. You know we do like to go on holidays. Yeah. And she said, oh, should we go for a... A sort of week, a long weekend break in September when she's off next. I said, "Yeah, yeah, no problem. Where do you want to go?" She said, "Oh, maybe do Italy again, somewhere different in Italy or Spain, maybe something like that." I said, "Yeah, yeah, no problem." She's looking online at some flights and stuff, and she said, "Oh, for another two hundred pound, we could go to New York again." I went, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> Didn't to ask me twice, so we might be going to New York in September. Very nice. And you do realise in New York City there is a barcade. There's one in Astoria, Williamsburg. There's one, I think, in Manhattan now. And if you just have a quick hop to New Jersey, Richie Knuckles' place. Ah, right, yeah. So that sounds like a busy long weekend for me. God. Very, very nice. So maybe I'll keep you posted on that, but hopefully we'll be doing that. It'll be awesome. Mm. Can't wait. And the last bit of news we had, it's not arcade this, but I think it's quite interesting. The Chinese government are trying to tighten its hold on the mobile game market that they well it says here they're they're getting a putting a fresh coat of red tape on all mobile game development in china well that'll be fun for them i don't think so all mobile games are be have to be soon this is submitted to the chinese government for approval oh no i know 20 business days before they're slated to be published and if they're older games and they have a big like DLC or a big update, they have to be reapproved. Oh no! So you know what I say to that? Madness, isn't it? You know what I say to that? Yeah. Oi, government! No! <laughs> yeah, come on, Chinese government, I'll take you on. Yeah, maybe not. No, maybe no. not. Oh, 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 oh! Go on. This is going to be a good one this time. Mm. Everyone, pickups. <laughs> Shall I do mine? Yeah, do yours. How many have you got? That's it. You do yours now. Well done. I've got a few. Good. Right, first one, trivial. Arcade PCB feet. I ordered a bunch of them from China. They came really quick. And the interesting thing is, right, they're only sort of arcade PCB feet. They're about £6 for 40 of them, something like that, to do 10 PCBs. Mm. It had a little card that came in. Let me just quickly show you. A little card. Yeah. Saying thanks for buying, blah, 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 in sort of broken English. And it says, welcome to www.sinoarcade.com. And it's got on there, bizarrely enough, it says vase. Right? <laughs> Pronounced yeah. ping. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. And it says the vase represents peace and safety because of a play on the first character in the word peace. Right. Add ping on it. 
I don't know mm. why it says that. It's weird. But they're pretty good, actually. Mm. I've got a load of PCBs. I haven't got any feet on. I don't like sort of sitting them on the floor. So when they're sat on the PCB feet, they're away from wherever you're sitting on, so you're not going to get any shorts or anything for your PCBs, mm. which is good. Nice. I bought some Simitsu flat buttons from one of the users on UK back. Sorry, can't remember his name, but they're very reasonable price. Almost brand new buttons. Mm. And I'm going to put them both on my ponies, so my ponies look exactly the same. Nice. And I like the Simitsu flat buttons. They're blue with the black backgrounds on them. And there was two little little tiny ones, little buttons as well, for like um, your coin buttons or whatever. Mm. Oh, Double Donkey Kong fail. Mm. Let me tell you about this. Go on. I found about... Oh, it must have been minutes after it's posted in America. There was, um, I think it was on one of the, the Facebook pages, the user groups for the arcade stuff. It might have been a Nintendo one. And some guy over in America was selling a double Donkey Kong kit. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what this is? This is the, the Donkey Kong Jr. PCB. And what it is, is a kit that's put onto it, I think by, it might be Mike's Arcade, one of the American companies. And it plays Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. on the same PCB. You just hold the two the two start buttons down to swap over between the two games, and it's got the save games and all that sort of stuff. You know, save right. to save your high scores and stuff. And it's one PCB that goes in your cab, so you don't have to swap the cab around, to swap the PCB around in the cab to play a different game, which is what I've been wanting for a long time. I've got loads of Donkey Kong Jr. boards, I've got one Donkey Kong board, and I also have to swap them in and out. And there's loads of different plugs to change on a PCB as well. There's about seven or eight plugs on that game, not just the one single one. So yeah. it would have been a pain to change. You've got to take out the back of the machine and blah, blah, blah. So it was $200, right, which is a bargain for that machine, that game. Right, brilliant. I said to him, will you ship to the UK? He said, yeah, yeah, no problem. Let me get a quote for you. And he put on there, you know, sold pending payment to Victor, blah, blah, blah. I was like, brilliant. And it was with the marquee, the double Donkey Kong bespoke marquee for it as well which is a really nice looking marquee mm-hmm. and it's not a standard thing this oh, brilliant you know can't get this and he said oh the postage on it I think was $79 <laughs> I was like oh my goodness the whole thing was only $200 and I I sort of said he said oh if I said I'm sorry I'm really sorry to mess you around that's too much really that's getting on for too much money to pay for it all because ruining it he had a good he had a really good price on the PCB mm-hmm. but a rubbish price due to the American postage and the PCB is a two-layer PCB, and it's got a, slit, a sheet of metal in the middle, which is like the mounting point for it. So like a mounting yeah. sheet to it. And he said, oh, I could take the sheet off, which it would have been fine, because I've got some spare ones here off my junior boards. But he said, oh, I could also not send the, the marquee. And I really wanted the marquee, because that sort of makes the game as well. Because the yeah. marquee is physically quite long, and you can't bend it because it's a, a Perspex one. And then I said, no, I'm really sorry. And he said, yeah, no, don't worry, don't worry. I understand your point. So that was a bit of a fail to me. I would love to have got that. Mm, but it was just yeah. too much to get it over here, really. I don't. I really resent paying that much postage for something. And then you might get the customs as well. Yeah, you may get hit for customs, even though they put it, probably put it as a gift. You know, you never know with these things. Sometimes you, it just sails through customs. Sometimes it gets stopped and you've got to pay a fortune for it. Mm. And I'd have been really miffed if that had happened. So, alas, no double donkey for me. Oh, another one. And you'll you'll like this one. I ordered a Raspberry Pi Zero kit. You know the tiny, tiny little Raspberry Pi PCB? Yeah. Which is the full computer on a tiny little sort of half the size of a credit card. I got one of those through. And they're in quite high demand. So I couldn't buy one on its own. I had to buy a little kit. So it came with some PCB uh, GPIO header pins. It came with a operating system on an SD card mm. and a little case and stuff. It was about £17. It won a lot of money. It was brilliant. So I've been messing around with that, and I put one of the... It's not 
I'm not sure it's pie plate or retro pie. It was retro pie, wasn't it? I was struggling with. Yes. Yeah. And it plays lots of different emulators as well as arcade stuff. And I had a little bit of trouble getting the ROMs on there. But what I did in the end is I reinstalled the operating system with all the, the bits on it, and it works a treat now. Mm. So that's pretty good. It's all pretty much plug and play. You don't really need to know a lot about Linux. I know nothing about Linux. No, it's dead so, easy, isn't it? It's really... It's quite simple. You, just, you yeah. just put a USB card in there. It automatically copies all the folder structure it needs onto the onto the USB card without you doing anything. just does it yeah. automatically. You plug it into a PC or a Mac, put your ROMs in the right place, put it on there, it whacks the ROMs on for you, and they just appear, and you can play them. Mm. Some of the arcade ones aren't working, because I think I was using slightly newer... ROMs, but you get that problem right. with normal MAME as well. When you start using new MAMES and you've got older ROMs, some of the ROMs just suddenly won't work anymore. It's a right pain in the backside. But when you get it sorted, you just leave it alone. But this is really good. I like it, and it's so weeny as well. So I've ordered another one. Well done. So I'll probably put a, a project. I'm, I'm going to order a screen this afternoon as well. Mm. And you know the little tiny three and a half inch screens that you just clip straight onto the GPIO pins. Yeah, I'm going to order one of them. Oh, that'd be good. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it yet, but something mm. is coming. <laughs> yeah. I've gone off handhelds. I, I can't be arsed with them anymore. It's, they're too small for me eyes. I think I'm, I'm going a bit you know, blind. I like the big 20-inch monitors now. Yeah, you can't handheld one of them, can you? No. You'd certainly get arcade hand ha- carrying that round in your pocket. Could be a bit heavy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. I've also bought two PCBs. They're not come yet. They might have arrived at work on Friday. I'm not sure I have to ring up tomorrow and find out if they've arrived. Mm. I've bought two pinball action PCBs. You really like that game, don't you? I quite like it, yeah. We played it on the 61 episode, didn't we? I've, I I had a few games. I, I, I do like p- pinball games like that. Yeah. Because I used fun. to have one called Visual Pinball that you played and you could put like DMDs in it with like a MAME extension thing. Cool. But this one, it's got four tables in it, and as I played it quite a bit, and I found out how to unlock the other tables. Did you? Did you do that? No, I didn't. It's either got three or four. I think it's four. I think it's four. Yeah. And it opens up a whole new level of it. It's, it is a real good pinball game. The physics are not fantastic. No, it's a video pinball. It's not like a real mm. pinball. Nothing like a real pinball. Not like the PS4 sort of pinball games that they have now that are bang on. But it is good. Yeah. Because it reminds me of the Nintendo one on the Red Tent I played on Alex's. And that is such a fun game. The Nintendo version of Pinball is amazing. And I've got it on the NES as well. I've actually got the original cartridge of it. It's a really good little game. Just fun. Mm. So they're coming. And I'm going to put them in a project. I'm going to use a CRT. And maybe make a little tiny pinball table with a CRT in it. Buttons on the side. and Yeah. But yeah. not like... Not like um, one of these visual pinball tables you'd think of. Now, you know, the modern ones are used with LCDs and the back, mm. and they use a separate monitor for the back glass. It, the pinball action one, which we'll also talk about later on, came in its own cabinet, its own sort of unique cabinet. Mm. Oh, and the Cosmic Monsters PCB as well, which I got off of Phil. Yep. And it says here, no way to work out pin, the pinouts for the coins and controls. Stop press! I have got the pinouts now, thanks to Andy Wellburn, P-Man, because mm. he sent me those information for it. Nice. Oh, one more as well. Oh, I've got two more, actually. <laughs> got loads. Wife came back from Kingston last weekend. She'd been out shopping with her mum, and she goes, how much do you love me? And I, two things. I thought, one, obviously lots, and two, what have you done? Mm. But she says, I've got something for you. I went, oh, brilliant. What is it? And she bought me not one, but two brand new Vans T-shirts. Look, I'm wearing one now. 
So his van's like a trend. I'm not very up on the. Is it like a, a trendy sort of make? Yeah, they make they make um, skate shoes. They've been making skate shoes since the '60s, I think. But they they uh-huh. do a line in jeans and, and t-shirts stuff. And they've just released a load of Nintendo gear. Mm. Shoes with Nintendo bits on, and Donkey Kong, and Super Mario, and all that sort of stuff, and T-shirts. She bought me two: one long sleeve T-shirt and this short sleeve one. And it's got the sort of um, it's got Donkey Kong there with some barrels and stuff, and it's got Vans in, in white, white chunky letters. Mm. It's really nice. So that's pretty cool. Nice. I think, I think Alex bought the the high top trainers with the Donkey Kong on. I've seen some trainers on Facebook. Oh, well, there's a few different styles, like you say, aren't they? Yeah, yeah there's, there's loads. A, there's a few around, yeah. So he's got those. Also, Simon Simon Dennison came round for a quick visit, and he brought me a mission, missing in action PCB to borrow. Mm, Green you remember Beret that one? Thing, yeah. yeah, the Green Beret uh, sequel that Pete Han said we should, I should play. I can try and complete. Yes, looks pretty good as well. Mm. Let's get into that one. That about concludes it for all our pick. Well, all Vic's pickups. Yeah, all my pickups this time. <laughs> I'm really trying to get back into buying stuff. I do like buying stuff, me. Yeah, I just spend mine on city breaks. Yeah, we well, get fun. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay, let's do the next segment, and this will be feedback. First one is from Chris Plus Plus. Thanks for reading my bank panic feedback. Anyway. During the new episode, you mention a podcast called, I think, Show Me Games. Is that its proper title? I'm curious about it. So I search for it, but I can't find it. Not that it would be anywhere near as good as your podcast, mind. <laughs> good save, right? Chris <laughs> Plus again, again. Yeah, Show Me Games, they do YouTube and Twitch, but they call it a podcast. It's like I'm sitting down talking, yeah. Cool. So it is, It is. well, we'll put a link in the show notes, showmegames.co.uk. Yeah. Yep, I bet he's looking for .com knowing him. Mister mm-hmm. Tronards, what's he put here? I don't remember. Interesting to hear Vic label Sean a cheat. What was that about? Were you using, were you using auto fire on a game? Maybe on Gunbird. Uh... I call you lots of things, and a yeah. cheat would be a loose word to call you. Yeah. Anyway, he's put um pot kettle black etc. Forgotten that hacked kung fu master rom already, Vic. He won't let it lie, will he? He, he, he won't, won't let it lie. Won't let it lie. Mister Tronads is still very cut up about both of us, me and you, beating him on the kung fu master challenge. Mm. We didn't even use the we didn't even use the jump kick. Oh, uh, poor Mister Tronads. Gary James Harris. Who I met with, Mr. with Bobby Yadoddy the week. Gumbird, that must be a Mr. Holly choice then. Yes, a great game. Yes. I'll go to the original PlayStation version. It's a good one. By the way, Vic, I nabbed you a Prezi while I'm in Las Vegas, so I shall need your address. PM me. I couldn't find Mr. Holly something. Apologies for that. Well, flipping, flippity flip. I don't mind. I have given him my address, and I'm still oh. waiting for it, unless it arrived at work on Friday. So I have to ah, find out. Very one. nice. I'm intrigued. Intrigued. Hmm. Mick Berry, ooh, he's a monkey. He's been, tr- <laughs> he's been trolling us with Peter Packrat stories on uh, scores on Twitter. He says, "I'm thoroughly enjoying this delightful arcade romp." He also encouraged us to play Gigawing, which is a good thing. Mm. Uh, we may have to kill him. Yeah, all right, kill them. The Gigawing scores are insane. I felt, yes, I think now him and another guy trying to work it out, and you can get some at like. 628 trillion, is it? Something like that. It's like about 16 digits, isn't it? Something yeah. like that. Ridiculous. That's more than a mid-90s pinball score. Absolutely. Oh! Oh, 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 o
What have you remembered? I was playing a pinball yesterday, and I think it's the one you like, World Cup 94. Oh, such a great game. Got football. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. And it's got a goal at the top. Yep. Do you know you get 25 million for scoring a goal, and it's quite easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like that game, because the, the football spins round. I think when you get a multi-ball, the, the football spins round. Yeah. It fires the balls all over the place. It's such a great game. And I hate football, mm. which is brilliant. The Euros are on now. Did you know that? Euro what? Euro 2016. Apparently, England drew against some other team last night. I know. I know. I'm not into it. <laughs> what? What did you say? Some people like football. Bless them. No, they don't. Mm. Dan Smash. He's Boy's back. Mr. Daniel of, Sir Daniel of Smashington. Nice afternoon. Reacquainting myself with the podcast. As per lovely stuff. And then he's put, stay gold, pony boys. Uh, what? 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 I'm I'm the pony boy. You haven't got a pony yet. I don't I don't know what that means. I think it's a compliment. Um, sounds like it. And he's put. In addition, are you familiar with a new mobile game? It's Steppy Pants. <laughs> right. Steppy Pants. Steppy Pants. Have you seen the video of it? No. It's a guy stepping on pavement, and it's all eight bit graphics. And I don't. I think you've got to dodge the cracks in the pavement, and that's all it is. It's a one tap game. Oh, never heard of it. It's very, very crossy road looking graphics. You know, them sort of... Is it by the same kind of people? I don't think it's the same company, but it looks very similar. Steppy Pants. Steppy Pants, good name. I couldn't look at it because it's iOS only and I don't have Apple stuff. Talking of pants, someone called Zipper. Hmm? Wondering what your favourite three or four player games and cabs are. Gauntlet, Quartet or Sunset Riders maybe? No, definitely not Sunset Riders for me. I hate that game. Hmm. Uh, I used to like Gauntlet back in the day. Gauntlet 2 was really good. That's a dragon on it. I didn't. Yeah, like we, we were saying, weren't we, that we don't think we had three friends to play four-player games with. No, did I we? didn't. One, uh, maybe. Yeah, and one two imaginary ones. Yeah, me too. Mm. What I've played lately, what I'm really enjoying, is four-player Warlord's Cocktail. That is a good game. Mm. It's a lot of fun. I've seen, uh, I knew, well, I know the Arcade Club have got one. Yeah. And I knew a guy called Greg Mott had one. It's a lot mm. of fun, that game. Old game. It's like it's sort of like Breakout with four players and you've got to beat each other's uh, sort of fort, forts in. Yeah, fort. you're defending your like castle, but and you're the... defending a corner. Mm. Which is pretty cool. And you've got a you've got like um a button where you can catch the ball. It's actually like a fireball and you can catch it. Oh really? And I then when you that. when you release the button it fires it off. Oh. That sounds interesting. I saw a really rare two-player version of this at Galloping Ghost. They've got an upright two-player. Mm-hmm. And it's got um, it's got a reflected screen on it with a backdrop. It looks amazing. It's got like a mm-hmm. 3D backdrop in cardboard. And obviously it reflects it off a piece of glass and with a monitor down the bottom. And it looks really, really cool. The sound on it is really good as well. Really, It looks better chunky. than the, the four-player version. But the four-player version is just a top-down colour screen. But the good thing about that is it's four players, and that's a lot of fun. It is good fun. It's really enjoyable. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I quite liked Gauntlet 2 back in the day. Oh, it's, I did play Gauntlet 2, and I did play... I remember playing Golden Axe 2-player with somebody. Oh, yeah, you can play 3-player on that, can't you? Mm, can't no, 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 that. you can play 2 out of the 3 players, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good game. It wouldn't have been my brother, because we just used to hit each other a lot. With it's, axes? Yeah. Ow. No, in real life. Oh, okay. We never got on until we were like 17, and then we got on. Like house on fire. Mm. So, Matt Witchfinder, good stuff. I enjoyed listening to this one whilst doing some especially tedious chores at work. 
I've got another one-button game for you, Canyon Bomber. That is true. Yeah. Technically two buttons, but one per player. Also, Space Bomber Ace Game. It's like a lovely, chubby Space Invaders. Oh, and if you're both having to, heading to Revival, maybe you'd like to make the short tip trip up to Stoke and check out the Blue Moose Arcade. We'd be happy to welcome you, and maybe Anna can demonstrate the Bank Panic Shimmy. Shimmy. I think we should do that. If mm. it's not too far, we'll nip up there. I'd always like, always like to go to a new arcade. Yeah, I don't know if we can make. I don't know if we can make the Saturday. I can make the Sunday because Saturday yeah. we'll be at. We'll probably be at revival till late. But yeah. to see how far it is, Warsaw to Warsaw to where? Stoke. Well, Stoke. It can't be that far. Yeah, that'd be cool. I like mm. that. I love, love going to new arcades. Mm. Excellent. Pie Factory Podcast. Oh, they've said they also hate Peter Craprat. Just a minute. They can have one of them for that. Atari was so dumb. Releasing Peter Packrat, but they shelved Beavis and Butthead, which looks a lot better game. Why? Why did they do that? Well, I've been listening to, I think it was the one before last of the the Pie Fracture podcast, and they did the unreleased game Beavis and Butthead, which mm. the Galloping Ghost, which they're near, have, and they played it there. Mm. Um, I was never a fan of Beavis and Butthead. I never really got it. No, it's... So an acquired taste, isn't it? It is, I think. Yeah, it's kind of childish, but for, it is kind of funny. But I remember watching it in the nineties on on televisual entertainment. Yes. Mm. Well, some some of the things they come up with are quite fun, mm. but it was it was a bit hit and miss for me. But yeah, I, I imagine the thing is though, they were very very popular for a lot of people. A lot more popular than a rubbish rat. Hmm. So yeah, I don't I don't see why because they must have been a big property as well, especially for Atari to acquire that license. It cost them a fortune. Yeah. And Peter Patrick is rubbish. I know. Meh. They've they've covered the latest podcast, they've covered Simpsons, and one thing that surprised me about it is the Simpsons arcade game was released only two years after the cartoon originated, started. Yeah, that was a real early license then, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they 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 put away some good points there because the bad guy in it is Mr. Str- is Smithers. Mm. And he's not a bad guy at all in the cartoon. He's a really good guy. Oh, Mr. Burns as well. They've painted him out to be like the devil, haven't they? Yeah, and he's not. He's just a doddy old fool. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> so, Le- Leslie posted a video of Meteor Mission 2 for the TRS-80. It's just like Lona Rescue. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's green. Yeah, it's great, actually. It looks really good. I'll have to get a TRS-80 emulator to go and have a look at that. Quite a good version. I think I played a TRS-80 when I was about seven or eight at school. I think I remember we had a, like an open evening and kids brought their computers in because mm. I didn't have one back then. I had a rubbish old console. And I'm sure I played that on there on a green screen. Mm, awesome yeah. little game. Neil, 20 to 5. That's him. Neil, 1637. Thanks for another tippity-top transmission, gents. <laughs> transmission. That's transmission. Good. I like it. We're going to nick loads of his stuff. He's quite clever, him, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, love, the tech- tap. <laughs> love the tech tips as it took me back to my bar top build from last year. It also got me in the mood to make another. Mm. Oh, yes. Pac Mania is put. Mm. Genuinely not had time to play, but the randomness of the pink pill seems to be a bit um, random. We shall talk about that. We will. Nice to see Sean at Arcade Club last weekend and Charlie Far too. Indeed. We've got one last thing Steve Press Play on Tape. Barrier, Mad Gear. I've just written this notes because I was I was late in from Glasgow. So what he asked us on the Facebook message, yeah, he said, Mister Steve Erickson said, 
My friend is trying to remember this overhead top-down racer game where there's a guy that screams barrier when you get the power up. And I thought, God, I know that, I know that. So I started trawling through MAME and I thought, well, it's either Last Duel or Mad Gear. Right, and is it Mad Gear? I loaded it up and it's Mad Gear. Oh, thank goodness for that. I hate it when you remember something and you've got, say, 10,000 choices on MAME, what it could be. Mm. And mm. you can't find the one that you know it is. He was well impressed with my knowledge, and so was nice I. Nice one. So was I, to be honest. You get, you get a nice feeling, don't you, when you find when you when you sound all clever. Absolutely, doesn't happen often. No, not with me. Definitely. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Talking about random things. <laughs> that is the worst transition I've ever used. <laughs> it's not shout outs. Shout outs. Go on, you go first. Well, firstly, Phil Murray. Yep. Top guy, makes good coffee. And the poor bloke's ill at the moment. He's not doing very well with his chest. He's got a chest infection. So hope you get well soon, mate. Have some good couple of weeks off. Fix some galaxian boards. Don't try and breathe in too much solder fumes. Get better. Mm. Smarty Martin for taking me in. Let me play some games at his house. Give me those bits for Simon. Andy Wellburn, also known as P-Man. Mm. He sent me a picture of the the loom for Cosmic Monsters, which enabled me to get the right wiring so I can actually play the damn game. So thanks very much for that, Andy. Also, Simon Dennison for coming round, picking some stuff up, giving me some bits and bobs. Nice to see him again. Uh, we were going to go try and meet on the 19th at the Four Quarters Bar, yeah. which he sort of partly runs, and unfortunately can't make it because it's Father's Day and he's seen his dad. Well, I'm going to be there anyway, and hopefully next week, Vip and his lovely girlfriend will be down mm-hmm. and staying with us, and we're going to take them to the Four Quarters Bar, as well as many other things in London to do. Oh, nice. be a lot of fun. Looking mm. forward to that. I've got a few shout-outs, actually. You've got loads here. Yeah, the Retro Pie Facebook group. If you are setting up a Retro Pie, and it's sort of expanding now to sort of other gaming emulators, on your, on your Raspberry Pi... I know someone who's doing that. It's just brilliant. It's such a great resource, and they're just such friendly, and they help you out. So get on there, Vic. Get on there. I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to. This Facebook uh, group, and it's just called RetroPie. That's all it's called, so you can find it easy. I'm definitely going on there. It's awesome. Are they doing projects and stuff, as well as the builds? Yeah, there's loads of little bar tops on them, people oh, posting amazing. photos and how they've done and how they've done it and all that kind of thing. I love stuff like that. I need to give a shout out as well to all the Scottish arcadists at do it Play pro- Glasgow. Do it properly. What? Got a wee shout out for other guys in Scotland. I can't do Scottish accents. Why not? I'm half Scottish. So it's not so bad. Oh yeah. Yeah, mum's Scottish. All right. I love them guys. Mm. And a couple of the nerd guys were there as well. Graham and Big Phil were there. Oh, cool. So good sh- shout out to them. Also, a special shout out to Bomb Jack. Who I met for the first time. but Oh, think, he's a good guy I've met before, yeah. Yeah, I think we have kind of been in the same events, but not spoke. And he recommended me and wife to go to this Thai restaurant in Glasgow last night. And it was excellent. It was fantastically good. Oh, I wish you hadn't just said that. Why? Wife and I are going to get something to eat later on. We might just nip out for something. Mm. I want Thai now. Oh, I had this... Green or red? Green curry thing and some really nice pastry thingy starters it had really long names and i liked it oh i'm definitely going thai now fancy thai Re- excellent Ooh, I'm so hungry now. i can hear my stomach that. rumbling cool. and i'm also going to do 
a few high score shout outs because there's a lot been happening in the UK high score wise. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, Mr. Bombjack again. He got 600k on Defender. I watched him yesterday and just got bored. Left that it. That is a good score. He can. I think he's Russ J. Good on, bomb, oh, on Defender. Clock and clock it. Yeah. Mark and Jerry, two Scottish guys. I don't know the surnames. 350,000 there up to on Millipede, taking it in t- turns two player. That is a very good score. That was a long game, two of them playing it like that. Mm-hmm. Well done. God, yeah. John Studley, 5 million on track and field. I think, did we speak about this last time? I might not have done. Ah, I'll tell you what, mm. now you've reminded me. Yes, we did. Mm. You spoke to John when he was sort of half playing it. Mm. I've put some questions for John, and I'm going to get him on Skype and have a talk to him about track and field. He can tell me some hints and tips for it. Press the buttons really fast. Yes, as well as more technical stuff. So I will talk to John this week coming, and it'll be on nice. the next podcast. Oh, that's good. That's good of John. Mr. Tronads has got a very respectable 86,000 on Galaxian. Oh, yeah. He's sneaking in, is he? He's getting to the point there where it doesn't get any harder. So if he can keep his concentration, he'll be up in like he'll be up in the half a million range, won't he? Yeah, he's only got 1.9 odd million to beat our Charlie Farr. Charlie Farr, by the way, yeah. has posted a, a, a joust as his next conquest. Oh, wow. Okay. Kicking them birds' asses. Oh, I bet he is. I call it medieval flicky joust. He's got... Sort of. 1.2 million on Joust Arcade Club last night. Oh my lord. That's an incredible score. I can get, I think I can nearly get 100,000 ish. You know what he was doing on that a lot? Flapping. That's the game. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Easy. What he says is the more you get into the game, the, the gameplay strategy changes. Earlier, earlier on in the game, I think you're up high on the level and you can do what you want. Later yeah. on, the guys move so quick, you've got to almost stand still but oh, and, okay. and, and just sort of flap really quick so they go underneath you. And It'll be interesting to, to meet up with Charlie again mm. and watch him play. Oh, he's just so And good steal his soul. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just keep an eye out and just keep an eye on his uh, gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Steal his soul. <laughs> Have we mentioned that he's a tra- stealing his soul? Not not his soul. No. Have we mentioned that he's a trained pianist? Did yes, you know? Yes. You yeah. told me this before. Is this a joke or is he actually? He is. He's, a, he's like a. I don't know if he's classically trained, but he's a trained pianist, and that, that's why he's so good with his fingers. It could be, couldn't it? Yeah, because pianists can do. They're almost ambidextrous. Mm. And be what? can use both hands as equal measures. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I play ambidextrous on some games. I play Dig Dug the wrong way around to what I normally play a game. Because mm. on most yeah. games, say Donkey Kong, joystick on left hand, buttons on right hand. And when I play Dig Dug, I play joystick on the right hand, button on the left hand. Right. So it's a bit odd. I'm not sure why I do it. Because you can play the opposite way around, but I don't play as well. I think I play Time Pilot that as well. Hmm... hmm. Yeah, so that's all these details. Also, talking about Charlie Farr again, there is an actual spoken interview on the latest Galloping Ghost podcast, and I've got to listen to that when I get back to work, or I may listen to it in the bath later. With Charlie Farr? Yeah. Is there? Pete Han had a talk to him. Oh, I didn't know that. If I'm mistaken, ignore this, listeners. Yes. I'm sure it is. 
Right, that's the shout-outs. Some, some great people I've met this weekend, so shout-outs to all them guys. And we're now on to the technical tips section, which I shall pass over to my lovely, lovely friend, Mr Victor Marley. Oh, that's me, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Right, this one is the second part of building a bar top. Mm. Or any kind of arcade machine, really. Do what you like. <laughs> Last time, we spoke about choosing the elements you want for your build. Most importantly, what screen you want to use, and the computer hardware you'll be using in it. This basically governs the overall shape and size of the housing you'll be encasing everything in. Obviously because a tube TV is a lot bigger than a flat screen. You should also have popped down to your local DIY outlet and had your cut list realised by the saw gimp there. Yes, that is the technical name for such an authority. Saw Gimp. You also need to get busy with your spinning death machine, otherwise known as a router. You will need T-molding grooves around the two sides of your arcade box and possibly some other parts dependent on your design. Whether you're a seasoned miller like myself, that is my actual professional job title, mm. seasoned miller, or a total noob, always set your router height to mill your T-mold groove on a similar-sized offcut or piece of scrap material. Never steam straight into your project pieces without measuring twice and cutting once. Oh, yeah. Measuring twice and cutting once. <laughs> yeah. Go steady with a router, as there are no prizes for speed, and I'd really like our listeners to retain their fingers while making their arcade machines. Mm. These machines are dangerous. Please be careful with them. Just go easy, go slowly, make sure you keep all the wires out of the way, all this sort of careful stuff, okay? Use all the proper safety gear as well. For construction of the actual box, don't be tempted to take the lazy, easy route and use those plastic angles. You know those things that are usually used by our kids to hold drawers together? They're two-part plastic that is screwed to each side of the wood, and then the plastic parts are attached to each other to make the 90-degree joint. These things are cheap and nasty. Construct your arcade machine like a real one was, with three-quarter inch, 19 mil, wooden battens, screws and glue. It doesn't really matter adding a little extra weight to this thing. You shouldn't be moving it around too much. And when you do, it won't fall apart at the seams. Mm. Control panels can be a lot of fun too. The most common error when making a control panel is not leaving enough room inside for all your parts. I've numerously gone ahead and drilled all the mount holes, joystick apertures, button holes, etc. When I go to put all the parts in for a dry fit, realise I'm too close to an edge or the damn thing won't close as a joystick edge is too close to the front, or it won't fit where it's supposed to. The misleading thing about joysticks is you only usually see them from the outside, and you just see a stick with a ball on top of it in a hole. The actual unit is at least 3 inches, 75mm approximately, square, and then you have four microswitches protruding out of the body with crimped wires attached to it as well. This takes up precious room and needs to be accounted for. Yeah. Quick note on the button hole, joystick hole drilling. A pillar drill is really your friend for this task. A CNC machine is my best friend for this task. But, you know, if you don't have a £60,000 piece of machining engineering equipment lying around, you're going to need a 1.125 inch and an eighth, roughly 29mm approximately, or 30mm flat wood bits for holes. If you use the 30mm one, it, the, whole, the button will go in there, basically. Clamp your workpiece down and go easy. Pause to blow out the wood dust periodically, as this with the friction causes heat and you don't want to burn your wood. Also be sensible and wear protective gear and try and work in a ventilated area. MDF is pretty nasty stuff to get in your throat. Right. You do not want it in there. Another thing to think about when making a control panel 
is try and hide as many screw holes as you possibly can by countersinking or counterboring the mounting holes in a wooden panel and then hiding those under flush screw heads with the top plate. That's how the original arcade machines were done. Because back in the day, the arcade manufacturers didn't want people unscrewing stuff and pinching things and stealing it and vandalising it. So they made everything so you couldn't get to it. Yeah. You want to do the same thing. It looks neat. Buttons are always secured under the panel with a lock nut, so you don't have to worry about screw holes there. This top plate can also be covered with some kind of vinyl or art print. There are many people or companies who will print out custom art for your projects. We endorse Ollie Muddy Music over at www.arcadeartshop.com for your arcade art needs. If you're using some kind of computer inside your arcade creation for emulation, you'll want some kind of control on the back side of the cabinet. You will need a power switch at the very least, and an extra USB socket or three is always very handy for maintenance or adding a few console-style controllers or standalone joysticks for some three- or four-player action. Mm-hmm. You will also need some input methods, as under no circumstances whatsoever should you be including <clears throat> a keyboard and mouse shelf in your build. If you do, if you do want a keyboard and mouse shelf, I suggest you pick up your arcade abomination and run as fast as you can off a pier with it into the sea. Yes, into the sea with your keyboard shelf, you moron. Oh, that's a bit, a bit harsh. <laughs> Calm down. Deep, deep breath. Calm. Does Donkey Kong have a keyboard? Does Cubert have a keyboard? No. Then neither shall your creation. You can plug one in whenever you like to the USB ports and remove it again when you want to have some fun times. Mm-hmm. You don't want it being a computer. You want it being an arcade machine, even though it's got a computer inside. A marquee is also a nice way of finishing off the top portion of your build, or maybe the middle area of a cabaret machine. A 12-inch 300mm or larger low-power tube light can easily be bought and do a very, very decent job and safe job of illuminating your marquee area. All the ones I've ever used, I have tapped off the 240-volt AC, this will obviously be a different value in some of the countries where you have manly 240 of your volts here in good old <laughs> blighty, which will hurt if I hit you. Far too many volts, if you ask me, unless you need a toaster or a hairdryer. Mm. You ever tried using a toaster or a hairdryer in America? No. They're very slow because they've only got half our volts. Hairdryer, maybe? No, I haven't got any hair, no. Beard dryer. <laughs> yeah. A beard dryer is just called a towel. Yes. Mm. Anyway, most people mount a single mono or dual stereo speakers in the marquee area also at the top. So get them in your dry fit with the wiring just to make sure everything fits. Stuff your screen into position. Whether it's a CRT or a flat screen, you will need it in there for dry fit as it is a major component and will take up a large amount of space in your box. Next, throw in the entire computer hardware and be mindful of some mounting points because you want to bolt this thing down. You don't want the computer flying around inside. Mm. It will need fixing it inside somewhere. Remember to fit in the power supply unit too. This will definitely need ventilation. If you're using a PC with a proper power supply or arcade insides with a a switching power supply, you're going to need ventilation in there because the thing will get warm. Mm. So remember to do this. So make sure the vented areas are facing towards somewhere where you will be fitting a vent hole and a cover. Get the back door on and stand back and look at how clever you are and bask in your arcade building glory. Adjust stuff if necessary. If you already have your software sorted, you can have a cheeky play test. But caution, once you play it, you may not finish it and it needs finishing. More of that next time.
That's once again, that's excellent. Thank you very much. So hopefully by now, if you're doing one, you should have all your parts together, fit together as a wooden entity, with mm. all the bits inside, and it should work. If mm. you've got all that and it's all, all the doors are closed and everything works properly, you're nearly there. Nice. That's the point of a dry fit. Before you start gluing and screwing and making things permanent, you want to make sure everything fits in there and it all works as you want it to. Mm. Then you can start with the next phase, which mm. is sort of finishing it off. And also the software we'll go into as well. We'll touch on that. Mm, excellent. So after that, I'm going to go get a drink. Mm. And well, I'm going to pretend to go and get a drink anyway. And we're going mm. to play a musical interlude. And yes. I found a remix by someone called Pixelizer of the Double Dragon music. Mm, it's good, this. How about a bit of that? <laughs> go for the featured game review what the blinking heck is it victor marland funny you should ask that <laughs> this is pac mania by namco from 1987 this was distributed in a nice dedicated cab by atari in usa and europe the hardware is Namco System 1 hardware, same as Gallagher 88, Splathouse, Dragon Spirit, to name a few. I think Marching Maze was as well. We've done that one yonks ago. Mm, strange game. Yeah. It has three M6809 CPUs and a bunch of sound chips. The game is vertical orientated, and it runs at 288 by 244 pixels. Mm. Which means a good amount of pixels, I think. A nice amount of pixels, yeah. The game is a maze game, oddly enough, very similar in essence to Pac-Man, but in glorious 3D. Well, a skewed perspective view anyway, kind of like an isometric view, and it scrolls in four directions mm. too. So the, the actual maze doesn't fit on the screen like Pac-Man, it's got a scroll to get to parts of it. The gameplay, I can't really believe I'm going to explain Pac-Man to our listeners. It's a bit insulting, isn't it? It's Pac-Man. It's Pac-Man. 
Eat all the dots in the maze to continue to the next maze. Avoid ghosts. Eat yellow power pills to enable you to turn the tables and eat the ghosts for bonus points for a limited amount of time. Eat fruit when it appears in the centre of the maze for bonus points. Right. That's mainly Pac-Man. This is where it differs. There are more ghosts in each level because normally on Pac-Man you only have four ghosts chasing you at any one time. Yeah. There's more on this one, up to nine in a level. Mm. But the levels are a bit bigger, I think, because they scroll. You have different coloured ghosts too, new ones. Mm. And this is key to the game's appeal. You can only make Pac-Man jump. Wow, jumpy jump. Bouncy, jumpy thing. However, two out of the three new ghosts can also jump. Whenever you press your jump button, so will they. There are also two special bonuses that appear in the same spot as the as the bonus fruit. One is a green power pill, and one is that makes Pac-Man go on a psychedelic trip, and the red one gives him the squids. Oh, no, sorry. Actually, the green one gives you a limited speed boost, and the red one doubles the points for eating ghosts. The levels are also made up from vastly different materials and are very different from the boring old blue maze in the original. My favourite is Block World, where everything's made out of Lego. Mm. It's awesome. Love that. So, the game plays... The best thing to do is get the red power pill. Yeah. Because that doubles the points. And mm. you, sir, have worked out how to get it. How do you get it every time? Because I thought it was random. It's random, which people have been saying on Twitter and Facebook. that it Because you can get so many points. You can get... Does it actually... It does. It doubles the it amount doubles of them, points. Yeah. And yeah. then it gives you 7,650, that weird Namco number. Yeah. Every time you get another ghost after that. So you can almost get 30,000 points if you're good. With, with one power pill. Yeah. Yeah. It makes your score go massive, basically. Yeah, so if you don't get the power pill, you, you're down, you know, your score's way down. But I've worked out. I, couldn't, I looked on YouTube, is there any, any way to get this pill? And then I worked it out myself. Do tell. Yeah. On the first level, mm. you, you run around a bit like a loon, and then you collect the cherry... Yeah. And after that, go and eat a power pill. Okay. A yellow one. Yeah, a normal yellow power pill and yeah. just chomp a couple of ghosts. It doesn't matter how many you get. And after that... <laughs> after, teeth. after that, you always get the pink power pill after that. Pink or red, whatever you call it. Oh, wow, really? Every single time. But if you don't, if you get the cherry, then you, you wait for the next power up to appear sometimes it's the green one ah. so get the cherry get any other power pills that are around energizers whatever you call them anywhere eat a couple of ghosts then the pink power pill will appear and as long as you don't die as long as you've eaten that power pill yeah all the energizers that you get after that will give you that seven six fifty points i think the first guy you get gives you 400, I think. Yeah, and then it jumps to 7,650. Yeah, so, yeah, you get loads of points. So don't if you don't die, you can ramp up to 150,000 pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you eat the purple ghost, I say, whenever you can, as she is always on until... This is Sue, the purple one. She's, oh, she's got mean eyes as well. You know, it's still got different eyes. Yeah, it's quite Mean cool. eyes. Yeah, she's always on your tail. Sue will track you and follow you all the time. She's the only one who will follow you all the time. If you eat her, you have a small amount of time unbothered while she nips back to the pound to regenerate herself. So that's a good idea. Jump over the bad guys when being chased. You can also change direction and move around corners when in mid-jump. So you can jump up and then double back on a ghost and he'll just keep going because he's an idiot. (laughs) You can jump over the green jumpy ghost if you time it right as he doesn't jump as high as you can. But you cannot jump over the goth ghost, the dark blue one. 
Mm. He will catch you and make you listen to Bauhaus and wear eyeliner. <laughs> You'd like that, you would. Well, I'd do that anyway. Also, just like Pac-Man, try and group the ghosts, like our friend John Studley tells us to. He's an expert yep. at that. Uh, before, and then you can go on a carnivorous rampage. Have you been able to group the ghosts? I cannot group the ghosts. I can sort of get them together. I'm not very good at it, but now and again you get like four or five of them together and you just go and eat the lot. It's great. But I, I can't get them following me like John does. You know what he does on real Pac-Man? They just follow him all around the board and he just yeah. goes and gets them. I can't do it as well as he can, but you can get quite a few together. And also mm. there's more ghosts on this game, remember? Yep. The US version of the game has a courage bonus, apparently. I'm not too sure about this. I read this on MAME History. I'm not sure about it. I never managed to ha- make it happen. Because we were playing mm. the US version, weren't we? There's only, there's only a US and a Japanese version. Yeah. And it says, the, a courage bonus feature will activate once the player has got past the first Blocktown world. If Pac-Man jumps over a certain amount of ghosts on each round, he'll get his this bonus, which can range for 80,000 to 240,000. After the round has been cleared, have you ever got that? I haven't, no. no I've not noticed that either. Because on the game, we, we've, we've taken this rule away from the game because we just want to play from level one. But you can start on up to level four or six. And it says there, yeah. when you do the level, you get a bonus. And you do. I think it's referring to that, you know. So if ah, you start on the higher be. levels, when you do a level, you get like an 80,000 point bonus. And you can get the scores pretty high. But the way we were playing, we weren't allowing that. We're starting mm. at level one and just continuing as you would normally. And no continues, obviously. So I think it's to do with that. Mm, could be, could be. And you reckon there's only one special item per level? Yeah, I've only ever seen one. You get multiple fruits. Yes. But once you've got either the green or pink power pill, nothing else appears, I think. I don't think I've ever got the red power pill and then got the green one afterwards because you could go around quickly because yeah. you make it speed you up and you can go around eating all the ghosts then real quick. Mm. I've never yeah. done that, I don't think. So, no, I think you're right. Mm. Now, this game looks lovely. It is. It looks great. Sounds great. Yeah. Excellent 16-bit style. Style graphics, not 68 not a 16k 16 bit processor sorry the main processor actually 8 bit with 16 bit features mm. it's got really good pumping soundtrack the scrolling is brilliant as well on the actual machine it's flawless as scrolling but on some main versions you might notice a bit of tearing in there but yeah. it's pretty good yeah mine does mine tears i like the fun theater intermission between levels I, I, yeah, I think they're very good. I would like the option to skip them because I'm, I'm an impatient bugger. You are. But I would like the, that option. But they are good and the music's good. It's great looking, great sounding game. It is, isn't it? It's got that sort of 16-bit feel to it. It's got that sheen. Yeah. Sheen. Yeah, really good, like it. Good word. Right, we've got some good scores this time, you know. Let's do the scores. I'll do these scores. You ready? Okay. Right, at the bottom, Rob, player missiles, is playing again. Thank you for that. He's Third. got a button now, remember. Yes, he He's has. He's got to just and a button so we can play this one. And this is a one-button game. Thir- 33,000. I'm going to round these up because I'm good at rounding up. You are. Mm. Neil1637 does not like this game. 67,000. Give him one Andrew- of them. <laughs> For not liking Pac-Mania. Andrew Driver, 73,500. Paul McCaskey, 96,500. Ian Cullen, 126, 127,000, we'll say. Yeah, just about, yeah, yeah. yeah. Madsteed.com, Madsteed.com, 127,500. Matt Witchfinder, who was talking about earlier, 130,000. Me, oh. um, I wasn't very good at this. In your face? 
I did struggle at this. Oh, <laughs> 156,500. Oh, I'm glad of that. Ross, 160,000. Thank you for playing. Mr. Happy Dude, he's so happy. He's happy all the time. He's a happy dude. Happy with this one. 165,000. Oh, getting good, these scores. Lucid Sprite Mare, him of the strange name. 177,000. Mm, okay. Mr. Tronads, and I think he's got 181,500. I think he might have had one game. You really? know how he does. Just throws a score in and then, you know, goes and has some sandwiches. Oh, he's a monkey. Or biscuits. John Key, 182,500. Oh, good score. And in third place is our very own Mr. Victor Marland. Ding, ding. What? Sorry, that was my ping. That was a crap, wasn't it? Ding, ding. Yeah. 187,640 points. Well played. I think that may have been the second go I had. I didn't have much time to play it, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I wish I had more time to play it, but yeah, it was good. Good score. I think I got the red power pill and just went mad and ate lots of monsters, lots of ghosts. Embarrassingly, I played it a lot and didn't do very well. I just just didn't do very well. Mark K is in second place. Great score, one hundred ninety-five thousand. Yeah. And guess who's in first place? Go on. I think after I told him about the the tip to get that pill all the time on oh, the what would you tell level. him that for you fool I don't know we, we were playing it at Arcade Club there is a beautiful looking Pac-Mania cab at Arcade Club yeah 351,270 beating the nearest person by 150,000 Mr. Charlie Farr just gave him a resonant ping for that and he's done a video of it as well on his little cab on his big cab oh nice and so I, we will put a link in the show notes to that video. And he's, I don't know, he's just got the reactions. He's got the, he's just good. He's just good, isn't he? Mm. Well, anyway, thank you for doing the video, Charlie. And we do encourage our listeners, if they're doing a good score, do us a video. It's always nice to see what's going on. Mm. But he isn't that good compared to Jimmy Lindemann, mm. who in 2009 got 3.316 million points on this game that's a lot of points that's a lot of points makes a lot of prizes probably I was finding I kept the jump is great but I, I kept landing on they kind of change direction really quick don't they the ghosts and you can land on them really easy so I was only yeah. using the jump when I really had to because yeah. it's a risk it's a risk isn't it? if you are a fool it is easy to land on a ghost yeah <laughs> It is. A, it's. I just. I struggled with it. The one. The one bad thing about the jump is you do a little hop as well. It sort of does a little bouncy jump at the end of it. You do a jump and you yeah. sort of hop, and it sort of it. It stops you controlling a little bit when you do that. It stops you constantly jumping. That's what it does, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. You don't want to be doing that all the time because that would be a bit of a cheat. You jump. You land on the ground. Bounce a bit, and then then you're a lot. Mm. You know, you've got the control again. So the cabinet. We've got a cabinet this time. It's not just a kit. It was a cabinet. A full cabinet. Mm. I know because I used to have one. You did? I did. This is a sweet cabinet. We spoke not too long about this on a previous podcast. I think we did side art, didn't we, of this one? I'm not sure. I know, I know we spoke about it. I think we it. did, yeah. Mm. And it's also previously owned by myself. It's a nice full-up-sized upright cabinet with nice top side art with a really cool, colourful bezel and an original 3D plastic vacuum-formed marquee. It's actually a jammer machine inside. It's because it's post-1986 jammer era. Mm. So it can be used for other games too. And I actually saw my old machine in Weymouth earlier today. Wow. We took a walk up to the band, Pier Bandstand Arcade. 
and it was actually in the window. You couldn't play it. They were using it as a display in the window with a few old fruit machines, and it was actually running. I looked closely at it because it was quite bright, and it was actually running, still running. Wow. So I went inside, and I talked to the guy there who had on his T-shirt, Arcada Dave. <laughs> and I said to him, um, oh, that machine in the window, is it for sale? And he looked at me quite dumbfounded, and I said, it's okay, I sold that to Anthony, who is the owner of the arcade, and he realised what I was on about then. And I said, yeah, I sold it to him quite a few years ago, about nine years ago. He said, oh, wow, really? And I said, I can't believe it's still running. He said, not playing. He said, no, we're not, they don't play it anymore, but it's still running fine. He said, it's only broken down once the PCB failed, and they got it fixed. So wow. I said to him, when you see Anthony, tell him Victor wants to know if you can sell it back to him. Mm. So I actually would have it back. If he wants to sell it, I will have it back. If it's just sitting there doing nothing, I will have it back and play it. Mm. Awesome little game. Really nice to see it as well. I was so surprised it was still there because I heard it was taken out of the arcade. Maybe it wasn't yeah. you know, being played very much, but they put it in the window to advertise the arcade. How cool is that? Well, if you think about it now, it's 29 years old, that game. Yeah, wow. Mm. It doesn't seem like it because it does look a polished game, doesn't it? It's not a rubbish game. It's a nice-looking thing. Yeah, and the marquee's excellent as well. It's that, like, moulded plastic marquee. Yeah, it's really there. cool, really bubbly and nice. I like it a lot. Bubbly, bubbly. There's quite a bit of trivia to this game as well, you know. Yes. Do you want my trivia, which is a bit weird? Yeah, go on. You had a bit of a problem with the screen, didn't you? Oh, it's not a problem. When I boot it up in MAME, mm-hmm. there's, like, a filter over the screen I thought oh fair enough they're just trying to make the graphics look nice it's slightly dull but okay. the score at the top of the screen is nice and bright oh. so I thought oh that's just how they've done it but when I was playing on the actual cab last weekend mm-hmm. that looks fine so my MAME has somehow put in a filter that makes the graphics slightly dull over the whole play area apart from the score that's weird isn't it it is strange. I wonder if any uh, listeners have had that on MAME. I'm using MAME... Oh, God, I don't know. I think it's 171. Yeah, a reasonably new one. I'll mm. tell you who could tell us. And he didn't mm. He didn't um, go on our high score table. I'm going to have a word with him about this. Is Mr. Mm. Ian Ski. Because he's got a cabinet. Mm. So, yeah, if Mr. Ian Ski can get in contact, tell us how different it is to the MAME version. Oh, no, the cab is, is fine. The, no. the, screen is, the screen is nice and bright. Yeah, I didn't really notice, but I haven't looked to the original machine for a long time. I only saw it today, and I couldn't really see the light very well on it, so I'm not too sure about that. It's interesting. So when I've, so I've done the graphics for our podcast image, I've brightened, had to brighten them all up. That's a good picture, by the way. Thank you. You're sort of ghost surfing. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right, basically, the Sega Master System version, which is supposed to be really good, has a secret level if you eat all the regular pellets, then eating the special item that appears in the centre of the maze. Extra nom, level. Nom, nom, nom. nom. The game will finish on level 19 or 23, the US and Europe or Japanese version, and has an ending and a credit roll. So you can actually finish the game. This all depends on whether you have the correct dip switch settings for this. Otherwise, the game just keeps going round around. It's endless. If you put yeah. it on the dip switch settings for finishing, it will actually end. The game will finish. Obviously, the guy who got the 3.3 million... Oh, maybe he did get it that far with 20, with 19 levels. I wonder, how they, I wonder how they do the world record, whether you've got to finish it to completion or just loop it. I would say completion. Yeah. So I was going to get to like level four, and I was getting 108, well, what was it, 187,000. Mm. Did so, you get yeah. to the jungly steps? I never got no, that. No, no, not that far. No. I have played the jungly steps, because you can obviously, when you get the dip switch settings correct, you can you can choose the first few levels, and you can get to jungly steps. Mm. That's the one that's sort of like, it looks like actual steps rather than just a, a maze. 
looks like yeah, going up and down yeah. steps. Throws you a bit when you first play that. I've, I've played it credited through to play that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, the new ghosts are supposedly called Spunky and Funky. Oof! I'll let you make your own jokes up for that one. Or Common and Grey Common on the Japanese version. They really had to fun, have fun, the Japs, don't they? <laughs> Each of the ghosts have their own expression on their eyes, ranging from boss-eyed to Sue's mean eyes. Mm. Oh, I also owned the original of this on the ZX Spectrum when I was a teenager. I actually went out and bought a game. <laughs> it was possibly one of the only games I actually bought on the Spectrum. No, I had loads of Spectrum games originals. But I how bought did it, it. How did it play? It must have been monochrome, was it? It was monochrome, but it played really well. Because so I loved it in the arcade when I was a kid, and I liked playing on the Spectrum. I remember it being quite well. I'll have to put it on my on my original Spectrum and have a go at that again, maybe. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's got one to eight music. That'd be quite cool. Hmm. Hmm. Also, the Galaxian flagship makes an appearance as a bonus fruit, but I've never seen it. Mm. I think there's quite a lot of bonus fruits on it, loads of them, in fact, and I've not seen all of them. So this was ported to quite a few people, quite a few computers and, and consoles and the like. This was considered the last Pac-Man game for quite a while until the new Class of '82 and all the compilations and Pac-Man Battle Royale, etc., came out. Yeah. It came out on a bunch of home consoles and computers. Uh, the Nintendo one is unlicensed. That's so it came strange. on the Commodore Amiga, the Commodore 64, Amstrad CPC, the Sega Genesis or Mega Drive, MSX, the NES, Sega Master System, the one with the extra level, Atari ST, the Sharp X68000, and the ZX Spectrum. Mm. So what did you think of this game then? Do you like it? I You better have liked this game. I've had enough of it now, to be honest. Yes. But I, I did quite like playing it. Hmm. And I was fed up, I think a lot of, well, we've had quite a few comments that people were saying, look, the pink pellet gives you a massive advantage score-wise. Definitely. It makes the game, doesn't it? Yeah. But if you if you know how to get it on the first level and you don't die, yeah. once you die, you lose that, that scoring ability. But that made it a bit more playable for me. So when you, when you actually got killed and you lose the, the double scoring, can you mm. go and get the red pill like you said again? Well, you, I've never, you I've never seen it again. Ah. Never saw it again. But I weren't good enough to survive that long. So perhaps it does appear again. Yeah, so you, you get the fruit, then go and get a yellow pellet, eat a few ghosts, and then get the red one again. Mm. Hmm. A, a good thing about this, because you can't see the whole maze all the time because it's scrolling, yes. it'll, it'll come down in the bottom right-hand corner when there is a special item. It either says fruit target which is a fruit, yeah. or special item, which is the pink or green pill. And it pings at you as well, makes a tone. Yeah, yeah, but there is also a, when it, sometimes when it says special item, it's a fruit, and you go and collect it, and you get a lot more points. You get like six thousand points. Oh. Did you see that? Uh, I think I did actually. I thought, why do I just get a load of? Because I think the first fruit is a thousand points, and it goes up in, in reasonable increments. And one time yeah. I got six thousand. What's that about? Yeah. Oh, expensive fruit. That's a waitrose fruit. That is. <laughs> I was. I went back to play Junior Pac-Man because I thought this is the nearest thing in 2D. Sort of, yeah, yeah. It scrolls, doesn't it? And then it throws you because you can't jump. Oh yeah, that'd be a yeah, bit really, pain, wouldn't it? You re- yeah, you miss the jump on the other Pac-Man. I, I played the original Pac-Man trying to jump. Mm. Mm. I agree with you on the gameplay. It's mm. it's a lot of fun, but because of the red pellet and the pellet, and you can only get normally to a certain say three, four, five levels. You can't mm. really progress that much, and it's quite difficult to keep an eye on where the ghosts are because you can't see them at all times. Mm. So I think 
normal players like ourselves, you can get to a certain stage and then you won't get much further than that. Mm, I mean, even yeah. uber players like Charlie Fire has only like doubled our score. Yeah. Ish. So, you know, you'd think someone like Charlie would be getting a million on it, but if he, he only he can get, say, 300 and something thousand. I think it's getting to a plateau where you can't really get further than that. Yeah, and the I think you said, you know, the two ghosts, one of them jumps a certain height. The green and you, one. And if you time it right, you can jump over that ghost. Yes, yeah, you? I think if you get close enough or far enough away from him, you can jump over him. See, I couldn't do that. I tried that. I've only done it once or twice randomly. Mm. It'd be really interesting. I know he wouldn't play it, though, because John is a purist. John Studley, our, our perfect Pac-Man guy. I mm. wonder... He won't play it, I don't think, because he is a Pac-Man purist. He doesn't even like Ms. Pac-Man, because mm. Pac-Man is his, is his original game since he was a kid. But it'd be nice to know if, if John could control it the way he controls Pac-Man. Mm, he would I think, easily get three million, I think, if he could do that. The, the other thing that is, I think it's just a quite clever game, really. When you get the power pill, mm-hmm. the ghosts just split up. They just go everywhere. You've got to be right close to them to get them, haven't you? You've got to group them, I think, to get the big ones, to get the big and then points. They'll yeah. just go in all directions, and you, you end up chasing two or one. Or yeah it's, yeah, it's quite clever how it does that. Yeah. So you reckon that the cutscenes are a bit dull after a while? I like them. But yeah, they are I would, clever. I would like the option to cut to cut the cutscenes out. Just press, press, press the jump button, and it kills them, you know. Yeah, that'd be a good idea, actually, because a lot of games, when you press the start button, it whizzes on, doesn't it? Like Street Fighter, if you press start, it goes through all the, the silly, boring bits at the start. Because they are about about 10 seconds odd, which is a long long time in game world. Yeah, when you're playing and playing and playing to get a score, it does get a bit tedious, doesn't it? I agree. Mm. Mm. But patience, young man, patience. Yes. So, you reckon it isn't better than Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man? No, I don't think it is. You're wrong. I- I think wrong. it's wrong. overall. Wrong. 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 <laughs> wrong. 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 It's a good addition, I think, to the Pac-Man family. It's not crap, Definitely. is it? No, it's it's a good game. They've, they've they've thought about it. They've done it nicely. They've play tested it, and the addition of the jump is a lot of fun. I think. What's the crap one? Is it Pac-Man Plus? What's the one on the sixty and one that we didn't like? Pac-Man Plus. Mm. Super it's, Pac-Man. It's really, we like that. Super Pac-Man's good as well. Yeah, but Pac-Man Plus was a really weird hack. Mm. It's like sometimes when you got a power pill. Only three of the ghosts would go blue, and sometimes they were invisible, and maybe one ghost wouldn't go blue. So you, were, if you were close to one, it would get you. I think the orange one got away all the time. Mm. And it just was weird. It just wasn't very much fun. It was rubbish. Mm. But I reckon there's some additions you could add to this. Yeah. Um, I like the game, and I've got a lot of personal history because it was the second cab I ever owned. And I love the cab. It's really nice. I hope I can get it back. I'd like to get it back. Um, but I think more than just the red or the green power pill, they should do some different ones. Mm. So maybe you could have power ups as well as power downs. Mm. So maybe a, 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 a brown, like turdy coloured icon. Yeah. And it would randomly appear maybe a few steps in front of you as you're travelling along. And then when you hit it, but rather than jump over it, you would slow down or something for a little bit. No, that's terrible. Well, it would be a hindrance, but... It wouldn't be where you, you go and get the power pill, the brown one, by choice. It would just appear in front of you when you wouldn't expect it, and you've got to jump over it. Maybe, maybe make a noise quickly and then appear. Mm. So you test your reactions, maybe. Mm. But you could have a multicoloured pill that, that appears when you least expect like hyperspace you to another corner of the maze. That'd be quite oh, fun. That'd be good, yeah. You know, sort of, sometimes it could help you by getting you away from the ghosts that are chasing you, or it'll put you right in the middle of a load of other ghosts on another side of the, the maze or whatever. 
You could do loads of stuff, though, couldn't you? You have a shotgun power-up where you just shoot Fun, them all. Funny you should say that. It's not as far-fetched as you think. You can do that on Pac-Man 256 on the mobile mm, uh, game. It's a, is it a laser? It's a laser. But you can get a freeze ray as well. Yeah. And all that. It's quite fun, though. Just silly ideas you just add into Pac-Man. It is quite fun. Mm. So, it's it's a thumbs up from me. It's a kind of a middling for me. Yeah. It's okay. It's all right. But you can sum the whole game up, really, by saying, get the red power pill. Mm, that's yeah, it yeah. get the red power pill you do well if you don't get the red power pill you'll get minimal scores mm. so excellent right we've got a new segment now yes we're giving the art of side art a rest because it's been it's been a couple of years it's been going so we're just going to give it a little rest and I keep forgetting which ones we've done yes so this one is called cabs you never knew existed Mm. And is this one we stole from Neil? Shh, yeah, I'll cut that. Yeah. Quiet, sh- 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 We've stolen this idea from Neil1637. Yes, he put a, a thread up on UK VAC, roughly the same lines, and I've stolen it. Shamelessly. Mm. I asked him, he said, yeah, cool. So thank you, Neil, for the idea. Mm. Right, this one is featuring games in cabinets we'd forgotten what they looked like. Mm. So... Whether they were very different or quirky from the original cab, or maybe you found it again and got, oh my goodness, I couldn't remember what that looked like, or I didn't know that came in that cabinet. Mm, All these sort yeah. of odd things. Or any special editions you may have seen back in the day. Yeah. The one I'm going to kick off with is Pinball Action. I've just bought two of these PCBs, so it's a bit personal for me again as well. And this is a pinball-shaped cabinet. It was a video game. And it's mm-hmm. on the 16 one. So if you want to check out the game, it's quite a good little game. And it actually came in a pinball-shaped cabinet with legs. So the screen was faced down, so it's flat to you. And you had pinball flipper buttons on the side, which controlled the pinball flippers on the video game. And you also had a start button and a shake button, like a tilt button. Yeah. So the start button was like your plunger to fire the ball. And then if you wanted to shake the ball around, you could do it a number of times, I think, before it tilted. You could hit this button as well. But I didn't realise the game The game actually came in this cab. And it's maybe a three-quarter or maybe even a half-sized cabinet with a CRT in it. Yeah. So it's not as big as a real pinball. It's sort of like quite stubby, really. And it's also got a back glass on it, which is quite cool. But it also came in a pretty boring kit for a standard upright cab. Because I was looking for it on Google. And I found someone was selling uh, a control panel on eBay. And I thought... That doesn't look like the actual cabinet, because it was all in part of the, the, the build with the cabinet. And what it is, it's a little sort of box, and it's a standard kit for an upright cabinet. And I saw one installed on a Galaxian, I think, or a Pac-Man. And it's the control box with the pinball-style buttons on the sides, and the start and shaker buttons on the top. But this thing actually sits on top of your old control panel. It doesn't replace the panel, it sits on top of it. Oh, right. So it's like a weird box with controls on the left and right. So you would have to drill holes in the side of the cabinet, basically, which you don't want to do, really. Yeah, it's such an odd little game. We're going to put a picture of this on the show notes on the new Mm. website. Let's have a look. Mm. The one that I noticed at Arcade Club, of course, was Mm. Tapper. I've I've played Tapper. I thought I'd played Tapper, you know, back in the old days. Yeah. But when I saw this, I thought, I don't remember that. You know, the levers, where where he's like, you, you pull the levers and it's like you're pulling a pint and... 
Cause and, in... and, and the great wooden wood grain kind of like side art and the little bulgy bits on the end of the cabs. Right, I you, thought, I don't, sir, do not remember that at all. You have picked a perfect one there, actually, think of it. Hmm. I don't remember seeing a tapper in the UK ever as a kid. Hmm. I always thought it was an American thing because they have root beer tapper and there was one licensed to Budweiser, which is an American beer. Yeah. And all that stuff. And there was two versions of Tapper. There was a sort of black and white coloured sided one. And there was a colour version of it as well. Right. And usually when I've seen Tappers in America or even over here, the you've got a joystick in the middle for moving your guy up and down and backwards and forwards along the bars. Mm. And you've got on either side, as ambidextrous play, the little levers. So it looks like almost like a joystick sticking up. It's like a sticky up bit with a little sort of lever. And you pull the lever down rather yeah. than pressing the button. But a lot of games, when they lose those levers, because they're quite hard to find, but I think there's a reproduction of them now, so you can get them again. People just retrofit it with a button, because a button does exactly the same thing. So, you know, you can, you can just do it with a button. I think a lot of the machines have been fitted with a button. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I was surprised when I saw it. It was only, like, last year, I think, when I, when I saw it again. Oh, it's a beautiful looking cab, though. Yeah, I don't remember that at all, but I remember playing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, done, it's done sort of made up to look like a bar, sort of the wooden effect on it. It's a really mm. cool machine. Quite sought after as well. Quite a grail cab, that one, for people. Mm. So, yeah, cabs you never knew existed. But they do, because we've seen them. Yeah, and post in your finds as well for us. We might, mm. we might read them out. This is a bit of a favourite. Hardware Heroes. Oh, you've got tons on this, Vic. Written hastily by me earlier when I got in. <laughs> yeah. So this one is also personal to me, because I used to own one of these. It's the Taito F3 system. Now, this is basically a motherboard and a cartridge system. So you had a PCB yeah. motherboard, and you had a, 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 I've only ever seen red cartridges with F3 on them. And you click mm-hmm. the cartridges on the top, and off you go. Although, I only found out today, a single PCB version of some of the games was available, but it's a lot harder to find. Right. What, what sort of year was this? This was the 90s. Hang on, I'm looking now. 94, the games are 93, 94, 97. Yeah, mid-90s. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some good games as well. So the main CPU was an M60, MC68E C020. I got a feeling that's a version of a sixty-eight thousand. It's a sixteen-bit processor, anyway. I think I think they are, aren't they? This is running at a blinding sixteen megahertz. Oh, look at it go! That is pretty quick for an arcade game. Yeah. And the sound CPU is a sixty-eight thousand at sixteen megahertz, and the sound chip is an ES five five zero five apparently, and similar things for the sound the DSG chip sound thingy, and the video resolution was three twenty by two two four, so it's a good resolution as well. There were 36 games included and released for this machine. Oh, that's a lot. Some of the games to know, I'm not going to list all of them because it's getting a bit dull, but some of the ones I've noted, Arkanoid Returns, which Does is he? a horizontal third Arkanoid game after Arkanoid and Revenge of Doll. Doll! Uh, Bubble Memories, which is Bubble Bubble 3, which is a really, really nice, colourful, updated version of Bubble Bubble. And Bubble Symphony was Bubble Bubble 2. Mm. Really good games. Uh, Cleopatra Fortune, which is a nice puzzle game. Darius Garden. <laughs> Gaiden. Which, which is a bit like Gaiden. Mm. And also an extra version, Darius Gaiden Extra, mm. which is a single-screened affair. Remember, um, Darius was a three-screen game. Yeah. 
I think there was a two-screen version as well. I think Darius 2 is a two-screen. I can't remember. But this is a single-screen version. It looks lovely as well. Elevator Action Returns. Does he? Yes. This is a really gorgeous-looking version of Elevator Action. So the first Elevator Action is about 1981, 82 maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's a very simple game. We've got to play it one day because I love Elevator Action. It's a really cool little game. But mm-hmm. this is like an updated graphics version. It looks really cool. I like it a lot. There's a game called Gekirinden. And this is the personal one to me. I had this game, mm. and I swapped it for that gunbird you've got. Well, they're both good shooters. I think I swapped it for Puzzle Bobble 4, you know, with someone else. And then mm. I swapped it for Gunbird, because I never played I never played Geki, Geki Rinden. Uh, there's also Kaiser Knuckle, which is a Street Fighter 2 clone. Another one for you here, Grid Seeker, Project Stormhammer. Not familiar with that. It's a nice-looking VSEU. you love it. Mm. Mm. All these are playable in Maine, by the way. They all run in Maine, lovely. Mm. Landmaker, you ever seen that? Nope. You've not seen it? It's a no. Tetris type game that kind of reminds me of Populous. You're yeah. moving around sort of hexagons which make up land, and you've got to make the land and it disappears. Mm. It's a real nice little puzzle game. I like it a lot. Lightbringer Dungeon Magic. This is a really nice looking ISO dungeon game with all the, you know, the big monster characters and ogres and stuff. This is one we talked about a long time ago. Where I was trying to remember the name of it because me and my son used to play it. Oh, nice. And we used to complete it. We used to go through it and complete it, credit it through. Yeah. And it was, Yeah, it is a good game. And I remember the, you just powered up. Nice. That's, that's, that's a good says. impression. Yeah. Another one, Pop and Pop. Another decent puzzle game. It looks a bit like Pang. Mm-hmm. Here's another one personal to me. A game called Pudgy Carat. It's an Arkanoid type game. And it's really, really cutesy. Really pastely colours and sort of cute things. I think your your bat has got wings. Like little angel wings on it. Right. And I had this on the PlayStation 1. And it came... It's a Namco game. No, sorry, sorry. It's a Taito game. And it came with a special dial controller for the PlayStation 1. So you had a little little spinner. Right. Which is quite cool. Hard to find out. The actual box with a spinner in is quite sought after. You've got Puzzle Bubble 2 or Buster Move 2. Classic puzzle busting game. Yeah. With the bubble bubble dragons. Also came out as an MVS cart as well, Puzzle Bubble 2. Mm. Uh, and there's Puzzle Bubble 2X apparently, which is a slightly enhanced version of 2. Question mark. I've never played it. Didn't know that. I didn't know that either. It must be hard to find this one. You also got the other parts of the Puzzle Bubble franchise, Puzzle Bubble 3 and 4. And I had number 4. I didn't like these ones because when you're playing the game and you're busting all the bubbles and stuff and getting your angles correct, it's got moving backgrounds. And it always messed my eyes up trying to concentrate on my bubbles and getting Mm. them in the right place to get the different parts to get them rid of. And the backgrounds always used to mess my eyes up. That's why I got rid of that game. I could never get on with it. It was just too busy, you know? Mm. Rayforce or Gunlock. You played that one? Yep, Raymond. Good guy, Raymond Force. Raymond Force. Yes. Oh, here's one. Recall Horn. You ever played Recall Horn? <laughs> Recall Horn? It no. Is, you have to have a look at this, and listeners, have a look at Recall Horn. It's a really weird game, but it's such an excellent run-and-gun jumpy game. It looks really cute, really nice looking. I think you one of your weapons is you play this musical horn, and little musical notes come out of it and hit stuff. Weird. It's weird, but it looks really nice, really polished game. Space Invaders 95. Colourful, fun revamp of Space Invaders. It's a bit mad as well. Majestic 12 is this. Is 
is this the one called Majestic 12 in I Japan? I think that's Space Invaders 91. That's Super might Space Invaders 91, I think. Uh, right, might this be. is 95. I think this, this one may have been called Attack of the Lunar Loonies. Oh, yes. It's yeah, a really colourful one where you can shoot the octopuses and stuff, and they change. Mm. You also got Space Invaders DX, which is quite a plain collection of Spaces games compared to 95. Mm-hmm. Twin Cobra 2. Favourite of Mr. Holly's? I do quite like it. I've not I played it a lot. The like power-ups are interesting on this. Okay. Yeah, they're really vibrant. You got, I think you've got red, blue, yellow, and green power-up, and they're all pretty useful. That reminds me of Truxton. Aren't they mm. red, yellow, and blue as well? Yeah, this one is... It's obviously a helicopter, and it's Twin Cobra. Yes. Mm, it's good. It's a good game. Obviously, a uh, uh, follow-up to number one. Also, mm. one I only found out tonight, Twin Quicks. Sorry, Twin Kicks. I said it the wrong way. Someone's going to moan about that. Twix. Quick Twix, yeah. Oh, could have a Twix. Now I'm starving. Mm. Twin Kicks. I never knew this one existed. I knew that um, Kicks and Kicks 2 came out, and Super Kicks, and then also Mm. Volfi, which is another part of the franchise. But this one, I'm going to have to give this one a look at. I never knew it existed, and you know how much I like Volfi. Yeah. This looks just like Volfi. Oh, dear. I mean, yeah, brilliant. Yes, you... you, you, (laughs) Yes, you cheer for Volfi, mister. <laughs> right then, I'll let you finish off this podcast with next show's game. Next show's game is the listener's pick, and we had, we, we were sort of looking through and I thought, right, there's four oh, varied... Oh, I've just seen what's beating it. Damn. Four varied listener picks that people have spoken about over the last couple of months. So... I put on Twitter, I tried to put this on Facebook, a poll or a poll on Facebook, and I just couldn't get it to work. You have to okay. be you have to be a group, I think, and we're not a group, we're just a page, so you can't post questions on Facebook that you can vote on. Straight. I know nothing of this. No. So I put it on Twitter. Which game would you like to see featured on our Ten Pence Arcade podcast number sixty four vote below? So we had Money Money by Zachariah, mm-hmm. Mappy mm-hmm. from Namco, Circus Charlie from Konami, mm-hmm. and Checkman, which I'm quite interested in, from yeah. Z- Zylek Zenitone. So in third, sorry, in fourth place came Money Money with 8% of the votes, then Checkman with 13% of the votes, 34% of the votes was Mappy. I was quite hoping Mappy would win, you know. Mm-hmm. And then 45% of the votes, Circus Charlie, Konami. So we got, basically our listeners are telling we are clowns. We're going to play Circus Charlie. We are. I like the look of this as well. I'm not familiar with it at all, so it's going to be interesting, this. I've played it a few times. It's very cutesy. I know it's like kind of mini-games, isn't it? Yes. That's a good way to describe it, actually. So, it's if you're not playing on original hardware, you can play any, any version you like if you've got original hardware, mm-hmm. but on the main, you've, it's set one, the ROM version set one, three lives, normal difficulty... Extra lives at 20,000, 90,000, and every 70,000 after that. Yeah. Are we playing the one where you can choose the levels you can play at as well, or is it just one to six? Oh, yeah, yeah, it says level select. So we are doing level select. I think so. It's set one anyway. Level select it is. Yay. So everyone plays Circus Charlie, and thanks for voting. It's good, actually. Mm. It gives the, the listeners what they want to hear. Mm. And that's about it now, isn't it? Anything else to say before we get off? I would just like to say thank you for listening to our insane babble again. 
blatherings. Mm. Do you know, in a recent survey, yes, it has been said that constant listening to the Ten Pence Arcade podcast will improve your mental well-being. I, I, I agree with that. That's a survey of one person, which was me. Make it two. Two. You as well? Me as well. Awesome. Now, before we explode, <laughs> thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you very soon. Thank you very much, and goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 